0: Good morning. Hello. Lovely to see you. <clears throat> um, we'll continue our series um, on hearing God this morning, exploring some of the ways that God communicates his love and purposes to us. We've considered over the past few weeks how God speaks to us through the Bible, through prophecy, uh, through culture. And this week, I'm addressing how we can hear God through visions and dreams. Yeah, I know. simply put um, could we have the first slide please uh, Luke visions are mental images while we are awake and dreams are mental images while we are asleep and they're closely linked in fact the bible sometimes refers to dreams as visions of the night So normally, I'd be really upset if I saw anyone nodding off during the talk. But this week, if you do, I shall just assume that you're fully engaging with the topic. Now, apparently, according to those who study this kind of thing, we all dream. We often don't remember that we've dreamt, but we all do do it. And apparently, it is very important for our well-being as our mind processes our experiences, thoughts, and feelings. Uh, It's one of the ways that God uses to restore our souls. Just like a loving parent, he watches over us in the night and he removes things that could do us harm, and he whispers his love over us. And he probably says, Oh, aren't they lovely while they're asleep? (laughs) When I first had the opportunity a few years ago to hear a talk about dreams and dream interpretation, I was very skeptical. To me, it sounded a bit new-agey. And I thought, oh, I don't know about that. But when I listened to this lady talk, I was, I was won over. But she was pointing out how, actually, scientifically, we all dream. And um, it's it, in the Bible, uh, the Bible is full of dreams and um, God God uses dreams frequently to communicate to people not only in dreams but people today and uh, when I started to think about that I thought oh yeah actually God has talked to me in dreams before and he has talked to people that I know apparently if you took all the dreams and visions content out of the Bible you'd lose about a third of the content so it is quite mainstream Um, And also, if we consider that we sleep for around a third of our lives, it'll be quite surprising if God didn't use those times to speak to us, especially because when we're asleep, our guards are down. Now, in looking more carefully at visions, dreams, and dream interpretation, we're not being asked to kiss our brains goodbye or give up filtering everything through the truth of Jesus. That's his word and his character. But to be more open to the mysterious ways that God could communicate to us. And it's quite fun. (laughs) Um, It's also a great entry point to talk to people who um, are seeking or are spiritually aware in some way, but they're not Jesus followers yet, because dreams are universal. And so it's a great way of talking to people about spiritual things. Um, And uh, people are often very open to talking about their dreams. In the book of Job, it's summed up nicely. Could I have the next slide, please? For God does speak, now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. So, for this morning, this is the plan. We're first going to take a quick look at the few of the many instances in the Bible um, about dreams, now there are loads, so we 're just going to touch on it, a few after that we 'll hear from a few people at Ebby who are briefly going to share some of the, their significant dreams to provide a snapshot of the way that God might want to use dreams in our lives and to show that potentially is accessible and helpful to all of us and finally we 're just going to touch on the topic of dream interpretation and how we can all be much more open to hearing God for ourselves in dreams, should he want to communicate to us in that way. Now, so the Bible. Now, even a cursory look through the Bible, you can see that dreams are prolific. Um, For example, in the Old Testament, some of you, which is the the bit of the Bible, all the books written before Jesus came, um, there are a lot of dreams that have become quite famous, I mean, you probably have heard of Jacob receiving a dream of a stairway um, um, and angels ascending and descending to heaven, um, going up and down to heaven. And he realized God was there um, and he received a calling from God. And Joseph received prophetic dreams as a boy for telling that one day his father and brothers would bow down to him. Despite the arrogance of his youth, he became a humble and skilled interpreter of dreams, and he rose to the highest point in Pharaoh's court, interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. And God used him to forewarn of a famine, and he saved Egypt and the surrounding nations from starving to death. Similarly, you might remember Daniel, and he climbed to a place of political power in a foreign land, and he had incredible influence because of his God-given ability to interpret dreams. Now, those are the more famous ones, but there are loads. Um, And God often used dreams as warnings, as callings, as guidance, as encouragement, and as ways of saving. Fair enough, you might say, but that was Old Testament. Surely in the New Testament, with the coming of Jesus, God didn't use dreams so much anymore. Kind of goodbye Facebook, hello TikTok, maybe. Apparently, that's not so. The narrative of Jesus' birth, for example, is chock full of dreams. In a dream, Joseph received reassurance to marry Mary and told to name the baby Jesus. And it was in a dream, Joseph was told to flee to Egypt. And in another dream, he was told when to come back. And in a dream, the wise men were warned not to go back to Herod on their journey home. Okay, but surely when Jesus was resurrected and sent his Holy Spirit, we didn't need dreams and visions anymore. Again, not so. The book of Acts, which gives an account of the early Christian movement, is full of dreams and visions. The prophet Joel predicted that the primary mark of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit would be a wider release of dreams and visions among young and old alike. Could I have the next slide, please, Luke? In Acts 2, Peter explains the signs of Pentecost. He says, This was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In other words, no matter your age or gender, God's Holy Spirit has been poured out on everyone. And as a result, we can expect to see into the spiritual realm and hear from God through prophecy, visions, and dreams. And today, even though we have the Bible as our foundation for hearing from God, it's very exciting to hear that God is still very much using dreams, especially in Muslim areas where people are not able to openly talk about Jesus. God is coming directly to them in their dreams and people are being saved. Now, I've resisted the temptation this morning of sharing any of those testimonies because what I want to do is home in on our country and people that you consider like you because sometimes it's it's so easy to think, oh yeah, God does that for them over there, but he wouldn't do that for us here. For example, in Pete Gregg's book, lovely example, uh, Pete Gregg's book, Hearing God, we're given a story of a man called Sean who encountered Jesus for the very first time in a dream. Pete tells us Sean didn't know much about the Bible and didn't go anywhere near a church if he could help it. But one night he had a dream that changed everything. In his dream, he saw a brilliant light emanating from a chair at a table. And a man he recognized as Jesus, walking up a stone staircase towards him. Jesus approached Sean, placed a hand on his shoulder and simply said, I've got you. Feeling that touch, hearing these words, Sean experienced an overwhelming sense of God's power. He said, every single cell in my body exploded with love, pure love it was better than any drug I've ever done. I had goosebumps all over my body, inside and out. And when he woke, he was completely different. The power to his addiction to pornography had been broken, and so had his desire to swear. Even his long-standing, deep-rooted fear of death had lost its terror. So, dreams can be far more than just mental images. They can be a place to experience spiritual reality. Sean, in this dream, actually encountered Jesus. Now, you may have had dreams that God has used to speak to you. For example, Claire this morning, which is lovely to have another one as an example. Um, But can I have Steve, Viv, Andrea, and Katie up here, please? You see, in recent weeks, I've been sidling up to people (laughs) and asking them, whether they considered that they had ever had a dream where God was communicating something to them. Some of these people are here and brave enough to share with us this morning. So I'm going to give them the mic if you just share your dream. I have told them briefly. (laughs) Please briefly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks for letting me go first, girls. Um, um, A few weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago now, Um, I was having problems with neighbours who are Christians, and I was getting really angry with them. And I was going to tell them everything that they were doing wrong as a Christian. And um, one night I had a dream, and the dream said to me, didn't say to me, don't do it. It didn't say to me, don't tell them what they're doing wrong. What it said was, don't do it in anger, do it in love, because that's where I live. I live in your heart. And um, this had a real effect on me. I still haven't said anything to them. Uh, But it it was God talking to me and saying to me that that's where he lives. He lives in the heart, not in the anger. I see, That's great.
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: This happened a number of years ago when my children were small, but the family we were very close to had three girls very close together in age. I'm going to call the middle one Sarah just because it's easier to give her a name at the moment when talking to you. Um, Sarah had a very difficult relationship with her parents. By the time she was nine or ten, she wasn't speaking to her dad at all, Very only very tersely to her mum and very briefly. Um, and I'd been praying for them a lot. And then one night I had a dream of Sarah doing gymnastics and... Being really good at it. So I shared this with her parents and I said, Look, I don't know whether this is significant at all or not, but I had this dream of Sarah doing gymnastics and she was really good at it and found it really fulfilling. Um, And after that, they offered her gymnastics lessons, which she took up, and she was really good at it. I'd like to be able to say that her relationship with her parents improved, but it didn't. Um, but in herself, she was much
2: happier and more fulfilled as a person. Um, About just over 20 years ago is when I first moved to Bristol by myself, and I was kind of struggling a little bit, feeling a bit lonely and a bit lost, and just all those emotions. Um, And I remember sort of crying myself to sleep, which I think a lot of us do at some point in our lives, and how tired that makes you, and I just... Go to sleep. Um and then I feel like a little bit like the story you shared. I felt all of a sudden I was in the presence of Jesus. Um, and I could I was in light, surrounded by light. And I could it was real. <laughs> I've never had a dream like it since ever. Um, and I felt like I was being held by him like a child in the father's arms, being rocked and calmed down. So I was stopping crying in that experience. Um, and just that immense feeling of love and that explosion of emotion was just so intense. Um, and then waking up was just quite confusing because it felt so real. And I didn't want <laughs> to be back there. I was like, oh, I want to go back there. Um, but I haven't had anything like it since about 20 years ago. And I don't dream ever, really. But that's just something I have to cling on to because whenever I do feel a bit rubbish, I try and remind myself of that place that I've, I've been in and how real it really is.
1: Sorry. Um, so uh, this guy asked me on a date. I wasn't interested in, in, in him romantically, but I said, we go for a coffee. Uh, the night before the meeting, um, I had a dream. I was in a, a, a two-room apartment, and I could see through the wall, and he was behind the wall at the door, kind of really beckoning me to open the door. Um, and to my left was a man that was just stood calmly, quietly, just didn't interact. Um, and in the room where, where the guy was, um, I could see these dark shadows swirling around the room and behind the door, and, um, and I was too scared to open the door. Um, and, yeah, and I woke up and didn't go on the date. <laughs> didn't, didn't go and meet him for a coffee. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Anne, that's great. Uh, and finally, to our little collection there, um, Chris Richardson had a really good dream that he shared with me. He's not here today, but he said I could share it. He says, my dream is not very detailed, but it did impact me. In my dream, I was giving things out, gifts. I was given another, and I presumed it was for someone else, but the answer came back, no, this one is for you. I immediately felt it was God speaking to me, correcting my poor self-esteem, as I still find it hard to accept that I'm loved by God. So, as you can see, there's just a snapshot between us here at Ebby of, um, and I'm sure a lot of you have got similar stories, I'd love to hear them, (laughs) Um, but just a little snapshot to see God's heart. Um, Just in our dreams here, he gives wisdom, he warns to protect, he gives insight into a um, a girl's life to bring her happiness and fulfillment, Um, he comforts. Um, And when we cannot accept his love while we're awake, he tells us again while we're asleep. (laughs) Uh, Now, of course, the vast majority of dreams are not significant beyond being life-processing dreams. And perhaps you'll find it helpful if I break down the kind of dreams that we can have. So, Luke, if we have the next slide. So, the first and by far the biggest area of our dream life is what we call life-processing dreams. About 98% of our dreams are just these. The kind of dream where we're processing thoughts, experiences, events, emotions, fears, longings, everything that's running through our mind. The kind of dream where you have a job interview coming up the next day. So you dream you're trying to get there on time, but you've forgotten to put your trousers on. (laughs) And you are battling through traffic, driving a car with no steering wheel, heading in the wrong direction then finding the road disintegrates beneath you and you're falling into a vat of cold porridge. And as you try in vain to get your mobile phone out of your pocket and then it won't work, as you try to telephone and apologise that you're going to be late, then miraculously you find you're at the interview, conducted by Mr Blobby, and you get offered your dream job as a cream egg taster. (laughs) Those kind of dreams. The ones we wake up from and say, that was weird. (laughs) And shrug and forget all about and have a good chuckle. Then there are the kind that no one wants. Next slide, please, Luke. Bad dreams or nightmares. Just a word about these. Because uh, just as we can be spiritually aware to God's goodness in our dreams... We can also pick up from the evil realm that's always swirling all around us in our fallen world. And sometimes we do have dreams that disturb us, where perhaps we sense evil and feel quite intimidated. When we have those, we don't waste time trying to interpret them. We just go to God immediately and ask for his reassurance, his comfort, and his protection. And if these dreams are recurring, it's a good idea to take communion in your room Um, to pray before you go to sleep and to ask others to pray for you because the evil one loves to intimidate us and we don't have to stand for that. We must stand against him. And if you need help with that, ask somebody. And God reassures us in the Bible that although there is the evil one, the prince of this world, that God is greater than anything the evil one can try to throw at us. But then, next slide please, Luke. We occasionally get God dreams. and uh, These are the best. A dream where you hear from God or even powerfully encounter him. So let's consider how we seek God speaking to us in our dreams so that we're open to the possibility of these quite wonderful dreams. Now, the first very practical thing that we can do is ask God. Just say, Lord, I'd love to hear you in my dreams, I'd love to meet you, I'd love to know more of you, I'd love your wisdom, your insight, whatever, I'm open to meeting with you when I'm asleep. So just be open and aware. And the next practical thing is to keep a pen and notepad by your bed. Because you probably notice that it doesn't take you long after you wake up, just forget what you dreamt. So if you do remember anything, write it down immediately. Um, Now, most of them, as I say, will be gobbledygook, life-processing dreams. But some will be golden nuggets from God. And as you get into the habit of recording, you will train your mind to be more alert to remembering your dreams. um, And you'll, you'll have more material to work with. And also, you're showing God that you are expectant, that you are ready for a dream that he'd like to give you. So, once you've recorded your dreams, you can start to ask for the interpretation. Um, This is where the fun starts. (laughs) Now, if you want to go deep into dream interpretation, um, which I expect Claire has read this book, Interpreting Dreams and Visions, A Practical Guide for Using Them Powerfully to Impact the World, by Liz Evans. Warmly recommend it if you're a dreamer and you really want to go deeper into it. Because Liz is a very godly, humble, and knowledgeable lady in this area. She's really gifted. Um, and uh, Steve and I did a course over two years with her. I expect Claire did too, yep. <laughs> and um, we just consider ourselves absolute rank beginners. It's, it's a whole new world. It's a whole new language. Um, um, so... Go easy when you start interpreting dreams. Don't experiment on other people and say, I know what that means, God's telling you this. But um, maybe interpret your own dreams first and and start small. Um, As a light-hearted caution to be careful using a a language that we don't understand, which is the language of dreams and symbolism. Could I have the next picture, please, Luke? Now this, uh, some of you might have seen it, a few years ago on the internet. It's a sign that simply says, no entry for heavy goods vehicles, residential site only. Unfortunately, the Swansea council worker sent it to his translation department because he was obliged to produce a bilingual sign. And then he dutifully um, wrote down what the translation department email sent back to him. Unfortunately, what it says is, sorry, I'm not in the office right now. (laughs) we need to be a bit careful okay so don't go mad with your symbols Um, the most important thing we could ever know could I have the next slide please Luke the most important thing we could ever know about dream interpretation is that God is the one who enables us to interpret dreams it's a gift from God even though we have a part to play in developing that gift and using that gift ultimately it comes from him so don't be tempted to look up all your symbols on the internet pray for interpretation rather than go to spurious sources. There are Christians who are experts in this, Liz being one of them, who's quite good at dream symbols, but even people, Christian people who are experts warn that symbols vary according to, the meaning varies according to the culture, the context, the personal dreamer's experience. So you have to be very careful using uh, interpreting symbols. Uh, next slide, please. Yep, Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So as long as you're acknowledging that it all comes from God, he gives the revelation, he also gives the interpretation, then have a go. Um, Now, as I've mentioned, most of our dreams are personal to us. We are life processing. But if you happen to have a dream that is for someone else and it's likely to encourage them then go ahead and share it. But if it's a concerning dream, just keep it to yourself and pray. The likelihood, likelihood is that God has shown you a little insight so that you know what to pray for that person, not so that you go up to them and say, oh, I had a dream, and tell them something really worrying. Um, our aim is to love, um, not to try to impress because we think we've heard from God. Um, so, as I say, most of our dreams are about ourselves. And if you think about it in your dreams, you'll notice that you are the protagonist in most of them. But even in these usual kind of dreams, they can reveal what our souls are saying to us. Areas of our lives that, are, that we could talk to God about rather than it's all rattling around us our subconscious. Our dreams are showing us that so we can process that with God because he is interested in every aspect of our lives. So after that dream about um, being late for your job interview and arriving in front of Mr. Blobby, I think that morning it would be a good idea to pray for God's peace and help for that interview (laughs) rather than um, stressing on your own. Um, Now, the point I want to make about these life-processing dreams, that even in these, God can turn up in a cameo role just to whisper something like wisdom or encouragement. And I think... um, how to recognise God in your dreams will be the most useful thing I can tell you today. So that's what I'm going to end with. And I hope it opens a spiritual window for you as it did when it was pointed out to me. Because of the symbolic nature of dreams, God is often in disguise. (laughs) But what many dreamers have noticed is that he often shows up as a benevolent authority figure that steps into your story to help you. For example, as a policeman, or a boss, or a father figure. Now, Jesus can sometimes appear in your dreams as a brother, a teacher, or a man who stands beside you as a reassuring presence, like in Andrea's dream. The Holy Spirit can sometimes appear as an angel, a glowing light, or a benevolent presence. I once had the Holy Spirit feature in my dream, as a Christian teacher's wife who is giving me her coat. <laughs> One of my friends at the complete trinity turn up in his dreams as three members of the royal family saved him from his uh, ship sinking. So take note of the helpers, the benevolent figures in your dream, and ask, is that God speaking to me? And the encouragement for us all is to seek more of God and become more aware of the many ways that he speaks through the Bible, through prophecy, through dreams, and through visions. To end with, in the very first talk Steve and I heard about prophecy and dreams from Liz Evans, she said something that really impacted us. She said, can I have the next slide, please? We manifest what we carry. We carry what we are given. We are given what we seek. And I hope I've encouraged you this morning to seek value and press into the world of visions and dreams as one possible way to open us up to learn the voice of the shepherd he loves us and he wants the best for us and he wants to communicate to us and to those we meet so sweet dreams folks (laughs) Um, let's pray loving father thank you for your love for each one of us We pray for your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you better. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us in visions and dreams, in prophetic words, through scripture, and through everyday events in our lives, that we would see you, that we would know you, that we would honour you, that you would bless us, and in your name we would be a blessing to those we meet. Amen.